the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. He says, since I have redeemed you, keep my commandments. Or since I have redeemed you, this is how I now want you to live. They are already redeemed before God gives them his commandments to live by. And how did God redeem them? By his grace. How did God redeem you? By His grace. To get a degree or certification, there is a process you must follow. If you don't follow each step correctly, you won't pass or become certified. The way the world works, you always have to do something before you receive compensation. Sure, you could be paid up front for a job, but you still have very specific criteria to follow. Today, Pastor Dan will point out that God gives His grace without any prerequisites. It is given freely. It is implied that because you've received grace, you will follow His commandments. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Exodus, chapter 19, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Exodus chapter 19, look at uh, verse 1 for me. It says, In the third month, after the children of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on the same day they came to the wilderness of Sinai. For they had departed from Rephidim and had come to the wilderness of Sinai, and they camped in the wilderness. Now remember, when you read the word wilderness, don't think forest, think desert. And so Israel camped there before the mountain. And so it's now the third month since they've departed from Egypt. They arrive in the wilderness of Sinai where they camp, it says, before the mountain. That is Mount Sinai. And so they arrive at Mount Sinai. And we begin now uh, one of the most important sections of the entire Bible. I know the whole Bible's important. But there are some areas of the Bible, some passages of Scripture that are just more important than others. And this is one of them as we start chapter 19 and and going on from here. Uh, The children of Israel will remain at Mount Sinai for almost an entire year, about 11 months. They will be at Mount Sinai for the rest of the book of Exodus, for all of the book of Leviticus, All the way to Numbers chapter 10, verse 11. And during this time at Mount Sinai, God will do some very important things. God will make a covenant with the children of Israel known as the Mosaic Covenant. 
God will give his law to the children of Israel, beginning with the Ten Commandments in chapter 20. But the law of God, the law of Moses, as it's called, uh, is more than the Ten Commandments. There are actually 613 laws in the law of Moses. God will give Moses the blueprints for the tabernacle, which will be the dwelling place of God among the the camp of, of Israel so that God can dwell in the midst of Israel. The Israelites will build the tabernacle. God's Shekinah glory will dwell in the Holy of Holies in the midst of Israel. All of this happens while they are camped at Mount Sinai. And so, as I said, this begins a very important section of Scripture uh, that we're starting. Uh, Mount Sinai is also count, called Mount Horeb in the Bible. So if you see Horeb, uh, that's, that's the same as Mount Sinai. And again, verse 2 says, The children of Israel arrived at Mount Sinai, and they camped before the mountain. Now, Mount Sinai is located in Midian, And if you remember, this is where Moses watched his father-in-law's sheep. And this is where the Lord God appeared to Moses in the burning bush. And the Lord God called Moses to return to Egypt and deliver the children of Israel out of their bondage in Egypt. And, And maybe you remember what God said to Moses at this mountain back in Exodus chapter 3, verse 12. If you don't, let me remind you. God said to Moses, I will certainly be with you, and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. So when God first called Moses, he told Moses that he would be with him, and Moses would lead the children of Israel back to this mountain, to Mount Sinai, and serve God on this mountain. Mountain, and now Moses and the children of Israel are back at this mountain. They're back at Mount Sinai. What was that like for Moses to be back? To be back at Mount Sinai. What was going through his mind as he saw that familiar mountain again? I mean, did Moses say, Lord, you you really did it? You brought us back, just like you said you would. And here we are. I, I wonder if Moses saw the bush. That had burned with fire but was not consumed. Is the bush still there when he comes back? He's only been gone about a year. Did Moses point out the bush to all of the children of Israel? That Hey, this is the bush I told you about. And I was standing right over there when I saw the bush and it was burning. And and I walked over here and, and did he show them all of that? Were the people of Israel taking selfies in front of the bush, you know, like now look at verse three. It says in verse three that Moses went up to God and the Lord called to him from the mountain. Now, Moses is over 80 years old at this point, and we will see in this chapter that Moses climbs up the mountain and down the mountain several times. He will climb up the mountain to God and then back down to the people, then climb back up to God and back down to the people. Today, Moses would just set up a Zoom meeting, but he didn't have that as an option. So he's got to physically go up this mountain, get a message from God, come back down the mountain, tell the people, then go back up the mountain and tell God what they said. 
and he just goes back and forth. It's not an easy climb for a young person. And Moses is not a young person. Moses served as the mediator between God and the people of Israel. The go-between, if you will. Jesus is our mediator, the Bible says. Jesus is our mediator between God and, and us. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. There's one God. There's not many gods. There's one God and there's one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. That's why Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus is the only way to the Father. He's the only way to God. He's the only way to salvation. And so again, verse 3, Moses went up to God, and the Lord, Yahweh, called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, beginning in this chapter and going into the next chapter and so on, God will enter into a covenant with the children of Israel, and he will give his law to them, beginning with the Ten Commandments in chapter 20. But before God introduces the covenant, and before God introduces his commandments, to them and his commandments for them, God reminds the children of Israel of what he has already done for them. Please, please don't miss this. God has redeemed Israel from slavery in Egypt. He has bore them, it says, or carried them or guided them or sustained them on eagles' wings through the wilderness. That phrase, on eagles' wings, it speaks of God's divine protection and divine guidance through the wilderness. Remember, I've said before, the wilderness lacks the basic resources to sustain human life. There's no food in the wilderness. There's no, there's no water in the wilderness. Jeremiah 2.6, the wilderness is a land where no one travels and no one lives. God supernaturally provided for Israel in the wilderness and supernaturally guided them. He carried them on eagles' wings. If you're taking notes, uh, a similar phrase is used in the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 12, verse 14, to describe God's divine protection and guidance of Israel during the tribulation period that will come on the earth at the end of of the age. Revelation 12:14 says, "Israel will be given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she is nourished for a time and a times and a half a time from the presence of the serpent." And so God will will once again divinely guide and protect Israel during the tribulation period and sustain them and provide for them just as he did in the Exodus. And God here tells Moses to remind Israel of what he has already done for them. God has already set them free from their slavery in Egypt. God has already redeemed them. God has, uh, has carried them to this point. And notice God says he delivered Israel from Egypt to bring them to himself. Verse 4. 
in verse 4, and brought you to myself. Please note that God delivered Israel from Egypt, but he didn't deliver Israel from Egypt just to set them free from their bondage, but to bring them to himself. He delivered them so he could have a relationship with them. And so too with you. And so too with me. Jesus Christ set us free from sin. And he set us free from death. But he sets us free so we can have a relationship with him. He doesn't set us free just for the sake of freedom. Just so that we can be free and go live our life now as as free people whose sins are forgiven. He redeems us to bring us to himself. So that we can know him. So that we can have a relationship with him. So that we can walk with him daily and he can guide us through life. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. And so God reminds Israel what He has already done for them, and He reminds them of what He's already done for them before He enters into the covenant. And before he gives them his law to live by, before he gives them any commandments to keep. And that is important. That is important to see. God does not say, if you keep my commandments, I will redeem you. Or if you keep my commandments, I will save you. No, it's the opposite. He says, since I have redeemed you, Keep my commandments. Or since I have redeemed you, this is how I now want you to live. They are already redeemed before God gives them his commandments to live by. And how did God redeem them? By his grace. How did God redeem you? By his grace. God redeemed them from Egypt by his grace. He parted the Red Sea and brought them through on dry ground by his grace. He provided for their needs in the wilderness, manna for them to eat, water from the rock by his grace. He gave them victory over Amalek and the Amalekites by his grace. He brought them to Mount Sinai by his grace. It has been grace upon grace upon grace in their life All the way up to this point, if you were to ask them, how in the world did you get free from Egypt? How in the world did you end up here at Mount Sinai? Grace. It was just the grace of God. God just did it. God just delivered us out of our bondage, out of our slavery. He did these amazing miracles and just just brought us here. That's your story. It's just grace. Like Paul says, "I, I, I am what I am by the grace of God. It's, it's grace that has brought me this far, and it's grace that will bring us home, right? And so now, after redeeming them, 
God gives them his commandments to live by and and keep this order straight. This is the order throughout the scriptures in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. God saves us by his grace. And then once we are saved, God tells us how we should live. It's never the other way around where God says, keep these commands and I'll save you or keep these commands and and you'll be acceptable to me. It's it's not that way. It's now that you are saved. Here's how you should live. The emphasis of the Bible and the emphasis of the gospel message is on what God has done for us, not what we do for God. What we do for God is in response to what he has already done for us through his death and resurrection. It always begins with what God has done. And we are responding to his love, right? Paul says, it's the love of Christ that compels me. Right. And we're responding to what he has already done for us through his death and resurrection in saving us and redeeming us. And this is always the pattern. You see this pattern in the New Testament epistles. Many of the New Testament epistles begin by telling us what God has done for us. And then after explaining what God has done for us, they then tell us how we should live in response. You take the book of of Ephesians, for example. In the book of Ephesians, and don't worry, we're not going to go through the entire book of Ephesians. This isn't the, we're not time for that. Actually, you know what? But Ephesians chapters 1 to 3 contain all these wonderful, glorious truths about what Jesus has done for us. Uh, and, and all of these, uh, you know, it, 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 Ephesians is called the Mount Everest of the New Testament. You know, Ephesians 1 tells us we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing because of Jesus Christ, that God chose us, that God predestined us, that God adopted us, that God has forgiven us of all of our sins through the blood of Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ, we've obtained an inheritance and we've been sealed by the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance. And that's just chapter one of Ephesians. You go into chapter two, two we're told we're, we were dead in our trespasses and sins, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love for us, made us alive through Jesus Christ, for by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, as anyone should boast. Ephesians 2.10 says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And you go through the first three chapters of Ephesians and, and, and the Apostle Paul lays out all these incredibly mind blowing truths in chapters one through three, describing what Jesus Christ has done and the great riches that we have now because we are in Christ. Then you get to chapter four. And chapter 4, verse 1 says, Now walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Now live in a manner that is fitting to these wonderful riches that you have in Christ. And then beginning in chapter 4, from chapter 4 to chapter 6, the end of the book, Paul tells us how to walk worthy. He tells us to walk worthy in our speech, the language that we use, the language we don't use now that we're in Christ. He tells us to walk worthy regarding evil and sin, to walk worthy in our family relationships and in the workplace and so on. So first he tells us what Christ has done, and then he tells us how we should live in light of what Christ has done. If you jump right to chapter 5, which is what a lot of people do, And the instructions to the husbands and the instructions to the wives. We bristle. We get taller. You have to have the first three chapters. 
Because the last three chapters are a response to the first three chapters of what Christ has done for us and the great riches that we have. And now we are going to live worthy of that. You see the same thing in the book of Romans. First 11 chapters of the book of Romans. It it lays out for us all that we have because of our salvation in Jesus Christ and our justification by faith. First 11 chapters. Then you get to chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Paul gets to chapter 12 and he says, you know, make your life a living sacrifice. This is reasonable in light of and considering what Christ has done for you in the first 11 chapters. Now, how do we respond to this? What Christ has done? Well, you make your life a living sacrifice. This is just the reasonable response. But you got to have that first. If you jump to chapter 12 and skip chapters 1 to 11 and it's make your life a living sacrifice. Oh, I'm such a terrible Christian. Because I don't make my life a living sacrifice. Here in Exodus chapter 19, we see the same pattern. Moses tells, you know, Moses, uh, God tells Moses to tell the children of Israel what I have already done for them. Redeeming them from their slavery in Egypt, carrying them on eagle's wings through the desert. Look at verse 5. Verse 5 begins, now therefore... Because I've redeemed you from your slavery in Egypt, because I've set you free and I've I've carried you on eagles wings and I've sustained it, sustained you and provided for you. Now, therefore, in light of what I've already done. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my commandments, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people for all the earth. Is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. God now wants to enter into a covenant with the children of Israel. Again, this is called the Mosaic covenant. And God says here, please note it if you obey my voice and keep my commandments, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all the people on the earth. That sounds pretty wonderful, doesn't it? To be a special treasure to God above all the people on the earth. By the way, this is why the Jewish people are known as the chosen people. God chose them to be his special treasure out of all the people, all the nations on the earth. God chose them. This is also uh, has been historically one of the reasons and causes of anti-Semitism. Against the Jewish people, because the Jewish people are God's special treasure above all other people. And that has made the Jewish people the target of hatred and envy from other people. Now, the question is, why did God choose the Israelites above all people? Well, God did not choose the Israelites because they were the best people or the smartest people or the most godly or the largest nation or the most powerful nation or the most deserving No, he chose them by his grace. It's grace's undeserved favor. God just does it because of his own good pleasure. He does it. And we could ask the same question about ourselves. Could we not? Why did God choose me? Have you ever asked that question? Have you ever thought about that question? Why did God choose me? If you have family members who don't know the Lord, you may have thought that before. Why, why, why did God choose me 
and not my siblings. You know, if you're maybe the only believer in your family. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring sure than the finest crystal. With everything you could have listened to today, we're honored you chose Ring of Truth. Whether it's your first time or your hundredth time listening, we know that the Word of God brought a fresh perspective to your corner of the world. Did your faith grow with this message? Or did it leave you with questions? If you find yourself with questions, please go to calvaryec.com to contact us so we can answer those questions. You can easily and securely fill out the form found under the Question tab. Columbia, Maryland is home base for Ring of Truth episodes, and we want you in our community. So if you're close, let's meet face-to-face. Sunday service times, along with midweek service times, are available on our website, calvaryec.com. Make sure to mark your calendar to come. For those of you too far away, don't be discouraged. Use our live stream to still be a part of our family. Don't leave our website without looking at the other resources we have provided to strengthen your relationship with Jesus. Before our time is up, would you consider financially donating to this ministry? There are so many more lives to touch for Christ, but we can't do it alone. If you felt a tug at your heart to support us in this way, information can be found on our website, calvaryec.com. Come again for the next edition of Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.